This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Jenks, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff here. And I yes. feel like I'm like back in uh, college where I am looking at all these documents and leaked emails and I'm trying to glean what actually we need to take away from this because there's just so many emails that have now been leaked out. And I think the bottom line is, yes, this is a sports story, but when there is $1 billion on the line, it becomes much more because you're seeing coverage of uh, some of these details on national news networks that are not ESPN. It's CNBC. It's whatever news networks else are out there. I don't watch the national news that much, clearly, but you get what I'm saying because there's so many things else that are coming into the frame here, like the geopolitical indications. Sports washing is a term that I had not really uh, Mm -hmm. heard of until mm, this year, where it's a, a country that's trying to erase their human rights violations by buying out some of these sports teams and so people think of them for that reason as opposed to some of the horrific acts that are kind of on their record so when you see some of the headlines come away from this Mm -hmm. story what are your biggest takeaways or what do you make of it well i just think it's a much deeper story pretty clearly than we ever anticipated when you're having senate Mm -hmm. hearings when you have subcommittee chairmen's like Richard Blumenthal speaking about how this is sports washing and how they're worried about, at the same time, monopolistic practices by the PGA Tour. We initially thought, okay, these guys are coming together and the PGA Tour is kind of going back on its word, but there is so much to this. And clearly, the PGA Tour did not want Greg Norman to be any part of this merger. They wanted him out of the picture. That was one thing that was astoundingly clear and also too i think when you look at roy mcelroy and you see sort of this emotional roller coaster that he's been on so not only was he essentially the de facto spokesperson for the pga tour at the same time behind the scenes it was being suggested to him by others even a third party which is another part of this story where there's a third person sort of a middleman that tried to initially make this deal come together a man by the name of roger devlin who is a british businessman so you got roy trying to play golf trying to speak with the pga tour and at the same time there is a deal behind the scenes possibly being brokered where rory owns a team and this deal initially is being brokered by a British businessman who really has nothing to do with either side. This is just kind of what he does. And now also they're having a Senate hearing about it. It's all over the place. I think the biggest takeaway for me is that the PGA Tour players just look like pawns in this. For Rory, this is an organization that he stuck his neck out for and saying, we are the moral compass. We are the better side of this argument. Meanwhile, people are going to the live tour and kind of sacrificing mm, a little bit of their dignity. And now you're seeing these emails where it feels way shadier than we thought it initially was because some reading some of these emails, it just feels very calculated and cold and not like the PGA tour or these saints that are looking down from you know their pedestal at guys on the live tour it just feels more like mm-hmm. a business decision and i'll say this when a billion dollars is involved and that is the i think amount that 
the Saudis are going to be funding the PJ Tour. Like, it's a different story. I guess everybody has a price, but yes. reading some of these, and especially some of the language, like I'm reading this one that is talking about some of their interviews to possibly announce this. And they said, well, we're going to have a brief softball segment with someone like Becky Quick on CNBC. Uh, the mm -hmm. press teams are aligned on this. We're looking at the the recent lessons for the Boeing Saudi announcements, which went extremely well in D.C. nationally and internationally. So like they're looking at other ways or other stories that were kind of similar to this one and how the press reacts to it and how the national uh, thermometer is on it. And it just feels very calculated. Like, doesn't that feel like it's the case? It does not feel like the PGA Tour was a moral compass at all. No, it wasn't. Here's the thing. Let's just call this what it is. It is sports washing. And when you look at Saudi Arabia and its role in 9-11, there's a reason why the Saudi – the, the, the Saudis are trying to spin this because you have the victims of families of 9-11 who are outraged because the PGA Tour promised, hey, we'll never do this. Saudi Arabia was responsible for the murder of Washington Post reporter Jamal Khashoggi. So all of these things have happened. They continue to engage in human rights violations. All these things are facts. These aren't opinions. This isn't me going off on Saudi Arabia. These are all facts. And the PGA Tour knows this, knew this. And so they knew, hey, if we do this merger, if we go forward, if we move forward with this merger, the first thing that is going to be asked is how do you justify, how do you justify coming together and being supported by a country and its fund and a country who has repeated human rights violations? They knew this. So this was a long-term process where they knew the blowback they were going to get. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that behind the scenes it was what can we do to massage the message? What can we do to spin this? What can we do to change the narrative? Because we know what's coming. Now our job is damage control. And then once that's done, we can move forward and all make money off of this. So I hate to say it, I hate to sound cynical, but it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. They knew exactly what they were doing and exactly the sort of reaction that they were going to get and that they continue to get. Do you think the golfers on tour have come to grips with this? Do you think it's like settled in? How do you think they feel about it? Because I think it, the first of this, they probably felt like, okay, well, I am doing the right thing. I'm not on a yacht right now like Brooks Kepka mm -hmm. is, but at least I'm doing the right thing. Now you are owned by the same people as mm -hmm. the guys who initially made the jump to the live tour. So do you think the players feel like helpless in this situation? Because when a billion dollars is involved, like I think that's probably the case. Like you really can't do that much because what else are they going to do? Go to another right. tour? There's not right. one. No, there's nothing to do. Now, if you're a golfer, you just sort of have to accept it and move forward. This is what you do. This is how you make your living. And, and certainly, look, let's be honest too. There are two sides to this coin, and the other side is this is morally repulsive. At the same time, if someone says, hey, I'm going to offer you life-changing money that will make sure that you are set for the rest of your life and your children and your grandchildren will never have to worry about a thing, are you going to turn that down? No, you're not. You're just not. And especially for these guys, this is their livelihood. This is what they've wanted to do their entire lives. So now all they can do is say, I don't necessarily agree with this, but 
I play golf for a living. This is where we are. I don't really have another option. So I'm just going to go out and I'm going to be the best player I can be and give the fans that support us each and every week the best show that they deserve while certainly understanding why people might be concerned about this. It's just going to be that sort of answer. And that's just off the top of my head. It's going to be the same sort of spin because Chelsea, what else can I say? Nothing. There's no other option. Like there's not another tour that's that level of play. And I think my biggest question moving forward now is when are we going to hear from Tiger Woods? Have we heard anything from Tiger on this whole scenario? No, No. he's been absolutely lips are sealed. Hasn't said a word. And I, I would be curious to know how much Tiger knew, if anything, what he because there's no question Tiger Woods does not have to be on the golf course he does not have to play in a major to be the definitive voice in the world of golf so I would imagine that what Tiger is doing is doing what the PGA Tour and Live Golf did before this agreement came to fruition which is let's make sure before Tiger goes out in front of any microphone or any camera that he has a well-crafted message that he is prepared. It's almost like preparing for trial. You're going to be asked this. You're going to be asked this. You're going to be asked that. And we want to make sure that whatever you say, it is crafted in a way that maintains your public image. I, I don't know the answers as to how involved or not involved he was, but there's no question if you're Tiger Woods, he's probably doing the right thing, which is I'm not going to say a word, but when I do, I'll make sure that I have the message down pat. Yeah, Tiger Woods has been at the heart of a scandal before. I feel like Mm -hmm. he's learned his lesson. He's like, listen, I've been in the headlines. I've done a huge divorce where my ex-wife now has like a small fortune. And then she married another billionaire. So I don't know why she needed all that money. Uh, But still, I'm wondering when we will see this. Because if you saw some of these documents that got leaked, it proposed that Rory and Tiger would be captains of opposing like live squads where they would have like Uh, you know, a league where Rory would be the captain of one side and Tiger would be the captain of the other. Take all the moral implications out. Do you think this would be a good style of golf to where we're seeing like the more team aspect of golf? No, I don't want to see team golf. The, The beauty of golf is it's an individual sport. That's what makes golf golf. I guess if you want to have some sort of weirdo one off, but isn't this what the Ryder Cup is for when you actually have team golf. Isn't that the tradition of golf? So we have team events that mean something that people get passionate about, that people get excited about, that people can bet on. Why are we going to add these unnecessary team events? It just sounds like a bad idea. There's nothing wrong with golf. Golf, I feel like over the past few years, I'm I'm talking about before this merger, golf was Mm -hmm. peaking, right? You have all the superstars, new superstars, some older names, some newer names, and this all, all this live nonsense took place, and now they're trying to figure it out all over again, which is sort of a shame because I feel like golf was as good as it had ever been. Right. Well, the problem is it's basically this Saudi guy's fantasy team, and he can do whatever yeah. he wants with it. It's the same as, like, the Oakland A's. You can shake your fist all you want, but, like, he doesn't care if the team is terrible And they're not putting a good product on the field because it's his team at the end of the day. And the guy who writes the checks ultimately has the final say. So I don't know how we do anything, but we'll see. Should be interesting to follow in the very least. 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.